This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the uh, in-off-the-post show, where uh, where we read out the hundreds, we get literally hundreds, we just cherry-pick the best of them, of the emails that we get sent in uh, during the week from our loyal band of uh, of merry pranksters, or also known as the Chelsea Fancast listeners. Now, I'm Stanford Chidge, of course, and as always, I am aided and abetted by the thinking woman's crumpet that is Jonathan Kidd. Thank you. <laughs> it's the nicest thing I've ever said to him. Yeah. How are you? Do we have any thinking women's crumpet on the uh, who listen to the well, show? Well, you are clearly. Oh, do we have any thinking women who listen to the show? Yeah, thinking. Sorry, any crumpet who are thinking women who listen to the show? Yeah, we have lots of uh, lots of thinking women. Right. All of the women who it. listen to the show are thinking women. Thank you. And you are their crumpet. Oh, I'd love if that was the case. Thank you very much. There we go. So. Uh, this week we have uh, we have our guest as well. It's not just me and J.K. reading out the emails. We'll have somebody who's got a brain to actually analyse them and, and give a proper answer rather than yeah, thanks. Next one, J.K., which is what we normally do. Uh, we have the lovely J.K. The, the who? The lovely J.K. Well, no, no that we've done you. We're now onto the oh, guest. Okay. Um, oh, the, well, Martin Wickham's on, but yeah, okay. <laughs> so last season. The drinking woman's crumpet. The drinking woman's crumpet. I like it, Martin. I like Clever. it a lot. Yeah, there we go. So, without further ado, uh, the first one, JK, is from Daniel Gold from sunny Florida. Well, just to say I sat next to Daniel Gold the other day, who is a, an absolutely lovely, lovely man. What, the real Daniel Gold? This very same man. The same yeah. guy? Yeah, sat next to him. Well, you've got, to, you've got to tell me all about it. Well, I think it'll probably be in the email. All right, it? okay. Okay. Let's see. I'm guessing. I haven't read the email. Okay. I'm guessing. All right. He well, may have mentioned it. He may not have done we it. We never just... read the emails before we go to air. I should make this we abundantly you, clear. You think that he's possibly an imposter then? No, no, I don't at all. I'm just amazed. Amazed balls. Yeah, no, good. I'm pleased. I'm pleased because it was uh, um, he's very good fun. 
And um, yeah, enough. Anyway, hello from sunny Florida. Yeah, you see, American. Well, it's not American, but from Florida. Um, I've been going to the bridge since the 70s, had the same seats for a lifetime in the East Stand since I was a small boy. Now living in Miami and I get to go to games a few times a year, the fan cast one of my greatest pleasures each week, having a little piece of home across the pond. How beautifully said, Daniel. Lovely, excuse me. Just going to burp. <clears throat> yes. As I moved abroad, <laughs> as I moved abroad, my family took our four seats down to two. Who do you think I found next to me when I came home for a game? <laughs> Peter Osgood. No, no. Um, the man, the myth, the legend, J.K. Thank you, Donald. That's enough. Do I have to carry on? Yeah, I do. Okay. We've now had a few games together. Laugh for most of the match. I feel like I'm now an elevated member of the fan cast team. Surely it's only a matter of time before you guys will want to have a section on Chelsea in America. Good point. It'd be just the same as getting the opposition's view each week without the listeners caring as much. It's very true, actually. Yeah. So, if we, yeah, we get a drop off. We could all go and have a rest. No, we, we've we? done that. We, we used to have Michael Roban, who was our official uh, Chelsea correspondent from Los Angeles. How did that go down? I can't remember how we did it, actually. Yeah. Can't remember. It was always great having Michael on the show. I remember that. JK thought it'd be a good idea for me to email in. Here I am. I thought long and hard on my flight over what I want to talk about. And it came to me at the game. Lucky enough to chat for a while with David Lee, John Bumpstead and Colin Pates about the old days. We reminisced. It was glorious. I asked them, how many people do you think in this room were even there back then or even know our history? Well, I'll tell you an example of that is the um, one of the one of the people in there came up to me and said, who are they? They said, and I very beautifully said who they were. And she went, I knew you'd know, she said to me. And um, I, I felt chuffed that I knew. But at the same time, you'd be you wouldn't be a proper support if you didn't know them. Um, anyway. Um, uh, I asked them, how many people do you think in this room were even there back then or even know our history? We sadly thought it wouldn't be many. We talked about our favourite games. Interesting, he spelt favourite without the U because he's become American. Favourite games from that promotion year in 83-84. I still love the very first game against Derby and the last versus Leeds. For bummers, it was Oldham away. Remember them. Then as I watched the Wimbledon match and saw their fans singing like their lives depended on it for 90 minutes, I started to pay more attention to the songs the Pax Stamford Bridge would sing in response. The answer, hardly anything. Where is everyone? Where have they all gone? The chorus of Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. The obvious, uh, um, I wonder what that would be. Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. Or Chelsea, Chelsea. The obvious come on Chelsea is a very brief, oh, Dennis Wise from the Milan night were barely all I could recall. The rest of the night was more of a hushed silence. Will we ever mow another meadow? Will we ever again tickle a bum with a lump of celery? Um, we do away, Daniel. There's a lot of that away. A lot of tickling goes on. A lot of mowing goes on. So here's my observation for you boys to debate. Have we priced the real fans out? Do the real fans ever even exist anymore? Where are all the people I travelled up and down the country with for 40 years plus hiding? Have we lost our identity to the higher paying public? 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 who no more know the boys I mentioned before from that awesome team in the 80s to the awesome team in the 90s with Flo and Poyet, Ferrer and Desai. Yes, of course, they'll know Zola, but I bet the Big Ed would stump most. Um, I bet Big Ed would stump most. 
I'm, uh, I'm just trying to, uh, uh, adore, am I just trying to relive my youth? Has Chelsea really moved on from us all? Do we, the older generation, have a responsibility to teach the new youth of our past? So many questions, I don't know the answers. What I do know is the 50 years of Chelsea episodes really are the most special. What do you boys think? Is this fixable? Or does spending billions on players mean we've lost the fans that made us us? Hope to one day meet you too, Chidge. See you again soon, JK, my friend. I hope so, Daniel. Keep up the amazing work, fellas. Daniel. Fantastic email, Daniel. Fantastic. Um, I think the answer, though, part of the answer, I think there's lots of the songs are there. Um, it, it, it's just that some of them um, don't get sung when we're not playing very well. And I know that a large number of songs appear when we're away because they want to prove the, the, the brilliant people who go away want to prove that they've got a voice and out sing the opposition and do what essentially all opposition fans do to us, which is to sing their hearts out just to make have to have a presence. So you wonder whether, in fact, a lot of them aren't season ticket holders at the bridge. I don't have tickets for the bridge, but it, I, I always feel that somehow there's a kind of false atmosphere when you're away because you're trying to get you're dealing with you know you're you're a small crowd amidst all the others and everybody's singing home crowd and everybody sings yeah so it makes yeah. it easier yes yeah, so and also everybody's looking for other songs to sing so in fact the uh um the um the, the compendium of songs is still there but it's it doesn't just doesn't come to the fore at the bridge because we're not playing very well and uh and I think also some of the people don't know don't know them in the same way. I think you've got a point. I think that some of the youth don't know the old songs. But having said that, though, a lot of the old songs get sung. The very fact that Dennis Wise song got sung at the bridge the other day is sort of really rather irrelevant, isn't it? It doesn't have anything to do with any of the players on the field. Well, apart from we were playing Wimbledon. Yeah, we're playing Wimbledon. It's a very it's a very big yes, indeed. That's a very good point, Chidge. I don't think that was the reason it was sung though. Um, Too clever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, uh, I, I think also the, the team is so completely different. Nobody has a song other than Otiago. Um, so uh, I'm trying to think of us. Chill one, have had a I mean, Chilwell hasn't got one, has he? <laughs> I mean, there's but, so many, so many points within this. Um, I mean, there are so many points to this, Daniel. I mean, it's something that we've been writing about. We've been discussing on the trust, the we're the shed group. For as long as I've been involved with this podcast and started, you know, having a much deeper interest in Chelsea beyond, you know, watching the football and getting pissed, it's been an issue that nobody has been able to solve or answer. But the reality is, is that the traditional support and the traditional way of supporting has probably been disappearing for over 25 years now, Daniel. Um, yes, many of the old school, hardcore Chelsea supporters, the working class uh, base of our support has been priced out. Um, I would also point to, you know, all-seater stadiums where you can't sit with your mates. That makes it harder as well to generate an atmosphere. The gentrification and the touristification of football has had a massive effect too, where you you start to, you get, you, you stand up and sing a song and they all tell you to sit down because you're getting in the way of them filming it on their mobile phones. Um, we, my generation, are culpable as well. The average age of season ticket holder at Stamford Bridge is 58, the same age as me. And many of us think, we, we did it years ago, we're too long in the tooth, we can't be arsed anymore, we've done our bit, 
so that we watch and don't sing. I mean, I don't count myself in that because I love, I love belting out a song, as we all know. But many of my age group really just don't seem to be bothered anymore. And, of course, you haven't got the influx of youngsters coming in because, A, the bridge is populated by people of my age, and, B, the youngsters can't afford it. So you've got a whole perfect storm of shit, which means the atmosphere, the traditional atmosphere that you and I grew up with, Daniel, has probably gone for good. I hate to say it and admit defeat, but I think that's the case. Martin, what do you reckon? You're because you're a different generation from me and J and K, so you have you might have a different view. Every well, I think everyone believes the generation after them is a load of divs and they don't know the history. Yeah, we so we don't think you're a div yeah. and don't know. I know, history. but I, I've heard people my age moaning about youngsters and all this stuff. So I think it, it seems to be as much a generational thing as anything. I mean, the one thing I would say is I don't think a League Cup second round tie against a third tier team is probably the best barometer for you know songs it's always going to be a fairly sedate atmosphere so um yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't despair too much and also point out on the whole you know people not knowing who johnny bumstead david lee and colin pates were unfortunately there are now people in their, in their early 30s who were only just who when they were born um two out of the three had left the club so you know maybe they don't know it's because they weren't booked because they weren't born when they were around so you can obviously find out and you can obviously learn but you know, maybe, maybe not. They don't recognise them straight away. So maybe cut some people a little bit of slack. I also say um, Johnny B's fantastic on history tours as well, because he walks around London drinking. So yeah, he's a, he's a legend, isn't he? I mean, I I I, I don't know. We live we live in different times, of course. Um, and I think I think maybe maybe what's happened over the last thirty to forty years, Daniel, is is the globalization of the game. And I'm not saying this in a negative sense. I think you could say this about the world. You know, I, I, in the 80s, it was a smaller community and it was a community. It was, it was. I mean, I know you had people traveling from all over the place. I mean, even Americans. I mean, Michael Roban is a good case in point. Beth Wilde is a good case in point. But generally, it was a much more localized community. So, and of course, you had the Chelsea specials. So you'd get songs sung on the way to games or learnt songs on the way to games. It's a very different world now. So there's a much bigger Chelsea community because of the globalisation of it, but it's not a localised one. I think maybe that's affected it as well. I mean, Daniel, there are no simple answers to this, but I, I, I do fear it has changed for good and I don't think it's going to come back uh, because of the way that football uh, has developed. And I mean, we were saying and the Monday night show that it's become a business. And uh, I think that's had an effect as well. We could go on and on and on and on and on about this, but we won't. But Daniel, I do, I'd love to meet you. It's a shame I didn't see you at the Wimbledon game, but uh, hopefully another time. Right, this is from our old... If he tells me, Chidge, if he tells me when he's next over, yeah. you can arrange How it. come he was in Aussies then? Because um, he's uh, he's got two seats there. Oh, right. Okay. As he says in this, he's, he's put it down to the two and his sons go... Okay. Well, well. Next time he's in Aussies, maybe I could be your guest. Ooh, yes. Subtle that. I promise not to swear much. Or stand up and uh, call I, people wankers. No, I, ca- I called uh, Huddleston a Gareth, didn't I? Yes, you did. It was worse. I was using wankers just because. No, I, I screamed. I screamed that he was a complete fucking Gareth. And I, I had to tug you down by your. your yeah, but I know for a fact because you told me that the week after, all the posh people that you sit with said. Oh, Jonathan, you, you, that, that chap you had last week, he was a proper fan, wasn't he? 
It's true, actually. Yes, you use the c word, and you're a proper fan. Yeah. That's right. You have to be. You have to use the c word to be a proper fan. There you go. Those Indeed. are the rules. Right yeah. now, uh, Michael LeBeouf Murray, who's becoming a great mate of ours, writes in very regular. He says, "Dearest Stanford Chidge, Duke of Kid, and guest, if applicable, it is. We have Martin Wickham. Hope everyone is well. Just emailing in to let you know how my day at the bridge went. My day started by getting to Fulham Broadway at about four. Me and my dad decided half to walk four. Half, half four. about half four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank That's you, James. Important. That's important. About half four. Me and my dad decided to walk around and explore. We, I, I've, I'm." Uh, 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 uh. I, I have a horrible feeling that this is an email that I have already I, I think maybe the cut and paste didn't work here I'm having a bit of a freak out can you just bear with me play some interstitial music for a minute or two and I will long and tan and tall and lovely the girl from me no it's, it's bona fide it's, it's a proper passes, we haven't, we haven't read it before Chidge hasn't fucked up and he isn't going mad so there we go. Oh, okay. But feel, he did fuck up reading it. Well, I think I can I could just go back and start again. But anyway, my day started by getting to Fulham Broadway at about half four. Me and my dad decided to walk around and explore. We came across the Cock Pub and a few stalls selling various things. On our third time walking up and down Fulham Broadway, my dad decided he wanted fish and chips, so he found a chip shop. Thirteen pounds for fish and chips? Bargain, right? Then, on our way back down towards the ground, we bumped into Mr. Gate 17 himself, Marco Worrell. And I also, out of the corner of my eye, see Susanna's actor friend himself, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. I felt a bit rude jumping in their conversation to say hello, but I had to take my chance to introduce myself and say hello. I was going to ask for a selfie with them both, but didn't want to... Int- you should have done, honestly, I'm, Michael. I'd love... Jonathan it, loves it. He, yeah. I love it. Yeah, he'd turn up to the opening of a selfie every time. Uh, but didn't want to intrude too much. Also, we made our way to get myself a £10 burger. I see the brains of Stamford Bridge, Mark Meehan. Now, the last thing on my bucket list is to have a beer with Chidge, and I will die a happy man. Well, I, I, I look forward to that myself. Uh, you know, that'd be great. Now we make our way to the East and stand up. Wow, what a view we had. We could see everything. It was nice to be there seeing the hallowed turf known as Stamford Bridge. The excitement levels were at a high and when Mr. Jason Cundy made an appearance on the pitch for an interview, did, did Jace get on the pitch on, on Saturday, or was it maybe this was Wimbledon? It sounds like Wimbledon. It does, right? Yeah. Now the ground's starting to fill, and kickoff is drawing closer. Then seven p.m. hits, and the team news arrives. I was happy with seeing the youngster starting, but wasn't impressed about the cucumber or poodle, depending on what you like to call him, starting as he was possibly making a move to Mason Mount's Man United. The game's kicked off, and now my email will turn into a bit of a rant about our so-called home support. Wow, bit of a theme appearing here this week. Half an hour into the game, and people were still arriving to find their seats, Their seats, so I was up and down more than the fucking pole dancer letting people pass. And as, I know that feeling on a cup game. As it happens, I was sitting right next to the stairs, so you can imagine my pain. Then what was even worse, there was a few racist things I heard said uh, behind me about our own players. For fuck's sake, what? that is appalling in this day and age. Jesus. Anyway, different parts of the ground were singing different songs. We really need a section where the singing fans go to maybe ramp up the atmosphere because not being funny, I've seen more passion in my pants on a really cold winter night. I can relate to that. Then we had people behind slagging the youngsters off, saying they should have done this, done that. Oh, fuck's sake, they're, they're, they're kids. Be ready for mistakes. 
And please, can anyone tell me why people were leaving at around 85 minutes at 2-1, anything could still happen? I've never left a game early in my life. You pay the money to watch a game, so why leave? And also, does anyone know why people decide to watch most of the game through their phone? I didn't get my phone out during the game at all. Then after the game, we stayed behind to clap the players and then we left. As we were walking back to the tube, it seemed as if we were surrounded by Wimbledon fans. Were they all dressed as Wombles, Michael? Uh, it was quite mad, and I kept thinking I was going to get a smack in the back of the head, but luckily I never did. Well, that's because it's football in 2023, Michael, not 1983. <laughs> uh, but everybody's a bit more pleasant these days. Then we got, apart from Cardiff, nobody likes Cardiff. Then we got back to Charing Cross and ended up back towards Dartford with a Wimbledon fan had a really, really good chat about the game. And of Chelsea and Wimbledon's past encounters, and apparently Vinnie Jones is a saint at Wimbledon and helps out when he can, would you believe it? I must say a thank you to you guys, because of the 50 years of Chelsea, I could hold a conversation with two 60 years plus men about football from the past and not look out of place. I even knew a few things they didn't. Back to the game, quickly, and last thing. Why the fuck do we decide not to shoot when the opportunity arrives? Like we're trying to pass the ball into the net sometimes. Just shoot on sight like some of the greats, Drogba, Lampard, Jimmy Floyd, etc. Also, me and my dad are going to try and do a League Cup run and see how many games we can get to. And hopefully it will end up at the Wembley final. All the best and up the Chelsea, Michael LeBeouf Murray. Sounds like, uh, I mean, almost how prescient, Martin. It's, it's picking up on Daniel's theme and what we were saying earlier on the, uh, on the other show on Monday. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not sure you can use an early rounds cup game against the third tier team as a barometer, but there's no fucking excuse for racist comments towards any players, let alone our own. Fuck's sake. Can't, you know, it's just sad that we still have people well, pathetic, isn't it? think like that. But um, um, on with regards to late coming and early leaving, potentially tubes, late last train I wasn't I couldn't make it so I can't say for certain but it's certainly been a factor in people getting into the ground especially if they're coming in from outside of London if you know rush hour trains are buggered so maybe cut a little bit of slack on there yeah yeah I mean one thing that we I could add to that is that uh, as you will well know um, the atmosphere and the, the the people who go to you know the uh, the Caribou Cup or League Cup games. You get a very different, uh, or, you know, set of supporters going in. In my experience, it tends to be a mix of uh, families, people taking their kids for the first time because the tickets are basically a lot cheaper for a Caribou Cup match. Well, they used to be. Well, I'm not sure yeah. if they are now. <laughs> they used to be until this money grabbing bunch of bastards took the helm. But uh, yeah, so you d- you did tend to get a lot of kids coming with their with their dad for their first game, maybe. And you do tend to get a lot of the older school fans who have been priced out, which we were talking about with Daniel a minute ago, getting a chance to go and see a game. And I, I know that the latter come expecting it to be like it was years ago and kind of behave in the same way, hence possibly some of the naughty comments. But, uh, I mean, we always used to moan, or a lot of people would moan about, oh, for fuck's sake, they're singing the Gerard song again. Why are they singing that? And we always used to say on the show, well, because they've not been able to go to all the games where we were singing it when it was appropriate because they've been priced out. And now it's their only chance to sing that song and they're singing it. So you get a very different bunch in. One thing that does annoy me with the, with the tourists slash not come very frequently people is that I sit in a place where people, for some reason, always are walking past where I sit to get to their seat. And they're always late. And it really fucks me off. So I, I feel for you, Michael. 
Um, but there you go. Go to a, I mean, if you can get a ticket for a league game or a big game, you'll find it's a very different atmosphere, as much as we were saying to Daniel, weren't we, JK? Yeah. Or alternatively, yeah. go and sit with JK if you want a completely different atmosphere and to have uh, roast swan at half time. Yeah, though they've stopped the venison pie. Yes, they're serving you balty pies now, mate. Yeah, just think are. of the money they've saved on the venison. Or, or Barry venison. Yeah, I've met Barry Barry venison. I spent a week uh, having coffee with Barry Ven- Not a whole kind of whole know, glass of long coffee. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, every, I, I was hanging out with Barry Ven- venison. Um, uh, a, a chap who used to manage the Hollywood United team. A, Tamar Hassan. No, not him. No, Tamar phoned up while we were there. Nah. He said, "You, you lot, still there? You've been there every day." I, I phoned up. You lot, of, you planning a bank heist or something? He said, "This is <laughs> for real." Uh, Ian, I can't remember his second name now, but Ian used to run the Hollywood United. Uh, Barry Venison was there. A kickboxer. Uh, a Russian martial arts expert who was now a scriptwriter. It was the most surreal week. I was filming and had fuck all to do because my artiste wouldn't let me film her. So I ended up just having coffee with my mates in Sunset Boulevard. There you go. Did Barry Venison have great hair? He st- he still had a great hair, but not the mullet that he was famous for. And I did remark upon this. I said, "Ah, oh, you're Barry Venison, ex of Liverpool. Didn't you have a big mullet? Where's it all gone?" I said. He said, "Don't be so cheeky. Ah, show me <laughs> some respect." He must get that every single time. Show me some respect. I said, I used to show you a lot of respect when you played against us. Not. He was a good chap. He was in real estate. He's in real estate now in LA. Yeah. But he's lovely. He was a really nice bloke, actually. I had a lot, lot of fun with those chaps. Looking like we we're a bunch of hoodlums cooking up a bank heist. Hmm. Shall I read the next one? All right. Good, good mail, though, from Michael. Mm. Very good mail, Michael. Thank you. And next time... You know, bloody hell, I'll, I'll, I'll be in a selfie and, you know, if you want to take another selfie, I'll be in that as well. If you want me to take a picture of you, I'll take that. If you want a picture of uh, anybody else with me and you, I'll be in those as well. Happy to. Um, Phil Maguire. Hello, Chidge, JK and the CFC gang, the gangsters. That's us. So good to have you back on the airwaves. Thank you very much, Phil. The rest has clearly done some good. Well, as you're all back with a bang. Thank you. Making me giggle. Good. Thank you very much indeed. Um, uh, mind you, I'm a notorious giggler. Good to know, Phil, because uh, you won't be giggling after we, I, I say what I'm going to say after this next sentence. What a magnificent job Mauricio Pochettino has done since become manager of our treasured and historic club. Uh, uh, what? Phil, what? Uh, can someone please tell Todd Bowley in his Clear Lake Capital Consortium, this is what we are, treasured and historic club. Back to Pochettino. We can wax lyrical about the reinvention of Sterling and the foresight to make our move for Jackson. Ah, you see, this is post-Luton, isn't it? Who had high hopes of becoming something close to our own hero, Didier Drogba, with time. But it's Mauricio P who's brought the team together. He seems to have a magic wand as well as being suspicious about things. You mentioned him always having a word, patting for pet players coming on. That's true, he does do that. Clearly had a hugely positive effect on the whole club. Club? Club. Top to bottom. After his time at PSG... Bucket quickly and time off, he seems to become the dude, the dude. As Sam Elliott says in the big Lebowski, um, calling JK for the accent, sometimes there's a man, well, he's the man for his time and place. He fits right in there, and that's the dude. Was that Bruce Buck? The dude abides. No, it was um, it was some strange cartoon character from the 60s. Sounds like Bruce Buck. And 
Did Bruce Buck speak like that? I didn't yeah, realize. a bit like that. Yeah. He's got a bit of that in him. Who was that guy? That is who very was... Bruce Buck. <laughs> sounds a, sounds a bit like Gil from The Simpsons. Well, there you go. <laughs> It's a chap from yeah. It's also a bit. I, I think like. I, do you know what? He I, nicked I, it from Top Cat. There's something about Top Cat in there. Okay, TC. Okay, TC. That they're gonna do like that, you know. No, the, the chap who was Doberman. Oh, Sometimes there's a man. The man plays that. Yeah. Anyway. Um. I think still think it sounds like Bruce Buck. Defending. Okay, I didn't realize, but I only I only had time I spoke to Bruce Buck. He said, "What do you say to me?" He said, "You have to do it in the voice now." You know, I can't. I have to do it like that. Did you really get all those people to to say that? Or did you have to ask all those questions? Um, but I don't think he said it like that, so I I can't remember. He seemed to be quite sort of voce. Did you really get? He was exasperated with me because I had. He, he, says, he said to me, "Was yeah, so you you do this Chelsea fancast podcast, and yeah, yeah, I've listened that, to it. That, I've listened to him? it. I don't know. Yeah. I've listened to it. It's quite good." Is that what he said? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Quite. But apart from quite. that Jonathan kid, he's a wanker. Yeah, that guy, who's that guy with that stupid impersonation of so me in stupid. it? He's stupid. Yeah. Uh, good to hear you, Chidge, defending Gus Poyet. Now, here's the thing. We called him Poyet. Was he ever Poyet? He was always Poyet, wasn't he? Anyway, I always loved the crazy bastard. He was a great player. Yeah, he was. Phil, he was a great, great player. Super player, yes, who scored some great goals, contributed strongly to the team spirit, was very happy to put the boot in. Yes, he had a side to him that could kick. What more can you ask of a player? I see him as the glue alongside Dennis in a wonderfully gifted side. They were wonderfully gifted, Phil. I agree completely. Fantastic. Yes, we should have won so many more cups than we did. I agree with that team. At least one title. Yes, Triali. Yes, he went to Spurs. Bucket required again. I know it's not just done, but he was from, I think Bucket's is sick Bucket, isn't it? I know it's not just fun, but he was from Uruguay, 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 I'm a girl, Uruguay via Spain. And I've never thought or our tribal football rules apply with players from overseas. I'd say that Connor is probably the closest we have to Gus as a player, if my memory serves me well. If my memory serves me well. That's um, a very old song. Um, it's a Bob Dylan song, actually. Um, yes, I'm afraid I can't compare the two because Gus was... I think more, more Enzo, maybe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, Gus was a huge, upright um, header and much more of a presence as a midfield player because he was a big bloke. Wasn't he was. He? But um, uh, very different times, very different style of football. But for our grief, and it was a wonderful side, Phil. It was a completely fantastic team. That was the thing about it. And yes, they should have won the title. Um, talking of Connor, I pray the boys at the top don't decide to cash in on Connor because of pure profit, etc. We've been talking about that. These are people, not chips. Yes, do we mean chips as in fried potatoes or roulette? Dear, roulette. Casino, casino. Yes. Uh, I'll probably be echoing what you say on the Forest preview show, but I'm beyond comprehension. Comprehension, comprehension with the club. I'm beyond comprehension with the club's transfer policy. Mauricio Pochettino has said a squad of 22-24 players is what he wants. I don't know if he's going to get that when they all come back from injury. Um, will Fofana ever come back from injury? This is the point. I keep thinking. He just keeps getting injured, doesn't he? I he's wonder. worse than, than Rees. Uh, yet looking at the club website, the first team's made up of 35 players. Yeah. I think this wind whittled down a bit on loan. Um, some might still leave for the window deadline. I can't see 11 going. Um, how many have gone with the, with the, with the loan 
people as well. Do we know? 20... Well, we had that thing from earlier, didn't we? I can. Yeah. I, do you want me to have a yeah. look? You didn't do the loans, did you, Chidge? You just did uh, the rest of it. No, I didn't. You did not. I'm going to oh, quickly... I'm in, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in the wrong thing. Hang on. All right. Will we wait the end uh, of it, then? Keep reading, and I'll yeah, find There are it. presently five keepers, for Christ's sake. It's madness, and the comments the club's transfer policy is very similar to a first-timer playing football manager before working out how to play the game. Ring true. I've never played it. The fuckers, I love it, simply don't know what they're doing. I find this side of how they're running the club very disturbing. As we were talking earlier, we were talking exactly about this whole business of whether, in fact, that's what they're being. Um, it's all about trading. Um, Barney Rona's very serious article in The Garden. Chelsea owners may see their own fans as obstacles in new world is something every Chelsea fan needs to read and think about. Barney Rone, uh, you put Barney Rodney. I quite like that, Barney Rodney. Well, um, uh, Barney Rone is a very good writer. Uh, sorry to end on a negative note. Um, Chidge, got, got the answer yet? The answer? 17 had gone off on loan. 17, Jesus. Right. Sorry to end on a negative note. I'm feeling positive about the team is, is gelling, even if I don't trust the process. Ah, fuck it, I said it, yes. But even Pochettino said it. Uh, the process. Um, I'm confident we'll win the Forest game on Saturday. No! And nick a point off the arse too. Well, you never know. That, of course, is the first real test. Allows all of us really to see what we have on the pitch this season. I'm holding judgment other than feeling positive until then. Talking of the arse. Fuckers! Has anyone else noticed how many Guna shirts suddenly appeared from under whatever stone they've been hiding since 2005? It's like a bad rash and beyond nauseating. They came second in the league. They come second in the league. Out they bloody well come. Lightweights. Utter fair weather lightweights with no shame or compunction. 3-1 tomorrow versus Forrest. Phil Maguire, a.k.a. Del Horny. Del Horny. Del Horny. Let's put it that way. I said 3-1. I was wrong. Um, and... Uh, Del Horny. I like it, actually. He's Del. in Mixer, usually. Is he? He's Del so. Horny. I think so. Yeah. Good for him. Martin, what do you think about all of that? Covered a lot of things Rory said, hasn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah it's just the, the transfer stuff is batshit. And um, the Ron A article's pretty good on that as well. There's a little bit of, you know, hyperbole and his usual contendership for Sude's corner in private eye. There's a strong germ of a point there and again it was using the supporters coaches thing as a wedge issue um, it got a, it got a lot of cut through in places i was surprised it got cut through and there are other issues we that you know you can list off as well so um yeah i i thus far i'm happy so far with what pochettino's done i'm less happy with the motives of these owners you know what? I mean, I actually slated... I read the article last week, and I was going to talk about it in the preview show, but uh, time is tighter on the show because we often have guests on, so I didn't, I didn't really get the opportunity to talk about it. But it's... I, you know what? My, I, I came away having read that article, and it crystallised a lot of the thoughts that a lot of us have been having. You, me, Tim Rolls would be another one. And I left that thinking, you know, this ownership are quite possibly the biggest threat to this club since Marler Estates. That's how... Say, how, say no more. ...how potentially destructive this lot could be. And what I thought... The point I wanted to, to pick out last Friday was that what I found interesting was that the, the, the nightmare scenario for many of us 
could be about to play out. I mean, for years, we've been, you know, we've all, let's be honest here, whilst we've got many, many friends that we've made from all over the world and we will welcome anybody to come and support this club, there is an unwritten rule that you kind of have to support it like we have. So it's no surprise that all of the all of the people from all over the world that we've got to meet do support the club like we do, hence they get welcomed in open arms. But of course, there's a new, younger supporter and the, the point that Rone makes is that these are the people that, are, that follow players, not clubs. They have no interest in supporting the club because they have no connection to it because their connection to it is through a mobile phone or an app or a TV programme from wherever they watch it abroad. So they don't, they're not invested as emotionally in the club and its location as many of us who are lucky enough to go are. And, the, and, and it struck me in, in that second of reading it that we've been taken over by people who are like that. And that's who they're trying to fleece for money. We have we have always known this, although we've always complained bitterly and, and stood against it. But we, the people who go on a match day, are an irrelevance and an encumbrance. And, you know, they're waiting for us to fuck off and they will do everything they can to get us out quicker, I reckon. It, it was really quite prophetic, I thought, and very alarming. Well, my dystopian vision has always been that... The- I can I can use the example here because I'm speaking with there's two people who you know like their cricket, but if you can just imagine an equivalent version of like the white ball cricket model being brought into football, where you get these small little leagues played across various countries over the course of a calendar year, and the big names moving between those leagues, playing a few matches here, a few matches there. So it moves from Saudi Arabia to Bahrain to Qatar, Dubai, North America, South America, Europe, etc., etc. And it just becomes a year-long circus. And what you end up with, so let's take for a cricket an example, Joss Butler, where you know what country he plays for, you may know what county he plays for, but buggered if you can name the other teams he plays for across the world. And I fear that that's the the final model we could end up with in football where players like the equivalent of say Ronaldo and Bappe Neymar they play for say eight club teams across various countries over the course of a year earning a fortune in each one and um, it succeeds because the fans follow the players not the team well is it any absolutely very interesting point Martin and is it any surprise that we've got owners who are player trading for billion, millions of pounds whereas kids effectively are trading them on FIFA in the, in my day it was trump cards but the modern equivalent is, is FIFA these EAFC are, now well whatever but these people are the same people there's no soul there's no connection to this club there's no attachment to a community or a location anymore it's I think I mean I hate to say this and uh, you know when my generation and and the generations who have come afterwards who get it are no longer able to go. The game is up. I mean, I I have a suspicion the game is already up, and I mean we're we're all sitting here like King Canute, really. Fucked if I know what we do about it. I think there may be some hope. My seventeen-year-old nephew, who I took to West Ham away, gives me no. There was no. There was no sign to me that. He, I mean, J.K. met him uh, afterwards. There was no sign from me that he he supports the club like that. I mean, you know, he's not all about players. He was there for Chelsea. And he was singing, he knows all the words of the songs. I've not taught him at all. He's just picked this up of his own volition. I've never forced it onto him. I've just allowed him to 
kind of absorb my world. But you know, he he he, he there was there was no he, he didn't seem like a seventeen year old FIFA obsessed pillock who only likes players you know and doesn't get the club right, J.K. Yeah, yeah, um, knowledgeable and uh, um, very balanced, very balanced person. Seemed to be like a you know a proper young supporter, really. Yeah. Just you know bowed down to your and my knowledge and held on to our every word, you know? Yeah. I, I paid him to do that. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> I bought him beer in the pub. Made his day. Yeah, great. There's hope. There's always hope. Let's 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 cling on to that. Right. Do you th- I've done, just to carry that further, do you not think it's inevitable that as the the world shrinks and digital devices become even more proficient that there'll be something about going to a game that becomes irrelevant, that home fans will become I think irrelevant. We, we're, we're increasingly seen as that. But you well, see, I, just, I just think that the, well, the games will be geographically too far away from us to be going to them. Yeah. Well, there is that. I mean, you see, this is my point about, uh, you know, good old Silvo Berlusconi had it right all those years ago when he said that actually the home supporters shouldn't have to pay to go and watch their club in their stadium because they're advertising. They make the product what it is, so they should go for free because we make the money out of everybody else. You can't go, you know, and that would be a really enlightened way of doing it. But uh, you know, obviously, Silvio Berlusconi and enlightened in the same. Yeah, sentence. but he was, mate. He was in that respect, you know. But maybe he got football as an owner that, you know, that, that he saw it as a, he saw it as a TV product because he was also selling yeah. the TV. He had the TV channels but that were broadcast in the games. But it's the whole COVID argument. Look how shit football was during COVID. Why? Because the crowds weren't there. You know, the fucking TV companies sell this as a product around the world because of us. Because of us going every week. And, yeah, and they were still shitting on Newcastle fans trying to get back home from Brighton. Oh, I know, I know. Time on and Saturday. We're, we're treated like scum and we should be afforded more respect. And, you know, Berlusconi had it right in my book. But uh, I don't know. I mean, this is, again, I said this earlier on, this is why I was depressed in the summer because I suddenly realised that... Um, I mean, you know, the, 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 the wonderful, willful delusion of a football supporter knows no bounds. Because my thought was, that's it. It's not my club anymore. It's not my club. I can't stop. What, I, can't, I have no influence over what's going to happen. I cannot stop it. Of course, that's been the case since 19-fucking-92. But it's taken me, you know, the best part of 30 years to really figure it out. I mean, it was not much different under Roman's time, but it still felt like it was our club. This is different. It really doesn't feel like it now. I, f- I feel it's gone. I really do. I'm sorry to sound so depressing, folks, but uh, as Jonathan's often said, I calls it as I sees it. All right. Calls it as he sees it, the cheek. All right. Happen. All right. Question. Yeah. Steve is about to te- be read from, is it Maryland? Well, I, I, all will be revealed. All right. Maryland. All will, Maryland. Be, revealed. All will be revealed. It's from St- It's from Steve from Maryland. Is it Maryland? It's Steve from Maryland. Uh, dear Chidge, Jonathan... No, ho- but no, hang on. Is it Maryland? Wait. Wait. Be patient. Dear Chidge, Jonathan, and hopefully some esteemed guests. Well, we have Martin Wickham. They are, they come, they're no more esteemed than Martin. Uh, I'm writing this email because I thought of a possible reason to explain the sim- seemingly erratic behaviour of our wealthy owners. Behaviour. Behaviour, Chidge. Behaviour of our wealthy owners. As I, as a fan wanted us to win today's match against Forrest. I know all of you did as well. I also want I also want to win the next one and the next yes. one, and yes. I want Chelsea to play at the highest level immediately. Yes. I've heard that the long-term plan for our beloved club is to become the greatest in the world. 
I hope that is true. Then I try to look at the situation from the viewpoint of our owners. As you have mentioned many times, they are smart businessmen. Yes. I think they are the most they are most concerned with the value of the club in ten years' time, or whenever they decide to sell the club. So Though they would be pleased to have us enjoy some success now, it's not essential. This is kind of the point I was making on the Monday show. They could tolerate several lean years as long as Chelsea is at the top of Europe and the world when it's time to sell. Martin made this point very eloquently on the Monday show. So good for us eventually, but not necessarily now. I can't tell you how much I enjoy your podcast. Well, you can, Steve. You can tell us how much you enjoy our podcast as much as you like. It's the first one I listen to. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. I'm waiting eagerly for the 50 years episodes of 2006, 7. Yes, we are, we're kind of stuck. On, we're st- I mean, if ever there was a metaphor, we are stuck in 2005, 2005, 6. I wish we were permanently stuck in 2005, 6. Because the next one is 2006, 7. He's absolutely right. I was at Old Trafford for the FA Cup semi-final. See, I didn't go to that for some reason. I can't remember now. But uh, Michael Ballack celebrated in our corner after scoring the winning goal. I hope to get over to London soon and meet all of you. I hope so too. Steve from Maryland. Sorry, Jonathan. It's not Maryland. Chidge was right. Never said it was Maryland, ever. I knew he'd deny it, Martin. I knew he'd deny it. it. I knew he'd deny it. Mary. Mary. M-E-R-R-Y. Maryland. Maryland. You say Maryland, I say Maryland. I got it right. Maryland. Maryland. No, No, it's Maryland. I've never said Maryland Maryland, like some kind of, you know. I'm Jonathan Kidd and I say Maryland. No, I'm not saying Maryland. Exactly. (laughs) Is it it Maryland? Maryland. Matt, Matt, not Mayor. Matt, Maryland. No, I think it's Maryland. He just said, sorry, Jonathan, it's not Maryland. Chidge was right. It's Maryland. No, he's put Maryland, he's put. I knew he'd deny it. I knew you would. I knew you would. Yeah, you are the master of the. How can we the, interpret what's written non, down? What's it? What? Steve from it's what you know. It's not Maryland. Like Richard no, Nixon never said Maryland ever. Not was it denial? Not, not plausible non-deniability. Jonathan Kidd's middle name. It. Hugh just denied <laughs> it. Denied it. Is that what you mean? All right. So we're now stooping to nursery school. I see. Fair oh, enough. God. Okay. All right. Listen, Jay, Jay and I are going to have a break so we can fight it out. And uh, then we'll be back for part two. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. 
To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the in-off-the-post show where we read your emails because we can. And you send them in, which is why we can. And uh, I'm Stanford Chidge, of course, got Jonathan Kidd with me. Miniland. And uh, he's changed his name to Miriland, and uh, we've got Martin Wickham, who knows how to pronounce Maryland properly. Maryland. Exactly. And uh, on that note, uh, we have on Mixler, because the good denizens of Mixler are still with us, and Brian Justman just said, Chidge is closest. Well, I don't even know what you said. <laughs> Maryland. No. <laughs> Thank fuck we're trying to pronounce Illinois. Maryland. Maryland. Maryland, you're saying now. Maryland. Anyway, Maryland. when Jonathan's got over his Marylandish fetish, oh, then uh, he's going to read an email out. It's from Kenroy Justine. Um, Kenroy, Kenroy Justine. Hi, Uncle. Lucia. And uh, yeah, Uncle JK. Oh, sweet. Cousin Martin. He knew. He Cousin knew. Martin. He hey. was listening on Friday. Hey, he was poor. listening on Friday. You're right, mate. All right, it's me. I've finally gotten off my arse. Is it arse or arse? Arse. 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 Mer- Merry arse. Merry arse. To email the show. It's been a little while. Things got to toxic and out of hand amongst the fan base last season. I kind of just took a hiatus from the socials. Hence, I've written this eight-page email. Oh, my fucking God. It's not really, <laughs> is it? Um, eight-page email. <laughs> <laughs> with my thoughts on everything that has happened in the last year. Uh, not really. I'm just having you on. I wouldn't do that. I was prepared. I was about to go and, you know, um, put me extra battery in. Anyways, here we are again. Nottingham Forest. Forest. Really, Graham Potter's managed to fuck it up with his selection again. His off performance at the press conference was a sign, JK. A sign of what was coming. Keep playing people out of position, getting the same result. The definition of madness. Mountain Havertz, it's almost like they weren't physically in the game at all, really. Kovacic, Zayek, Sai, the lot of them on the block for a clear out next summer, I tell you. Sideways passing, fruitless attacks, all fart and no shit. All the excuses are starting to wear thin. Potter's lack of a present pre-season to work with the boys. And the long injury list, the long injury list. Our only glimmer of hope has faded. Uh, as any hope of of Kante recovering from injury to rescue us from what could be 13th place is now minimal. And another thing. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I think I was having a flashback there, guys. Inspired from our latest result and the start to the season. Real deja vu, but see how much of the same criticisms apply. Well, that's what I've been saying exactly there. There's no more Potter to blame, is there? No more Mountain Havertz to deride. No lazy Zayek. No hapless Pulisic. What we do have is the same results for a third year running or more. Tuchel had long fallen off the wagon before he got sacked. Can you believe now with a completely different team, management team, owner and staff at the club? 
It's the same shit. How's that possible? Well, the fans, mate. Sorry to say we're the only constant, so we must be investigated as the possible problem. Ooh, I'm only joking. Man United football scum of a club have fans way worse than than <laughs> Annabelle. And even their club isn't this bad. Sorry, Annabelle. Um, it's a bit of fun. I hope it's really not more of the same as the last few seasons or worse. We hope it's teething problems. I mean, I'll be OK. I've got patience. It's more for you guys. You sound like you will blow a gasket each week with these fucked up results, having to pay good money to endure this stuff. I think you're right there. There is a, um, a, a great um, um, association. Well, like I said, I, I watched it on TV and I was quite cold and analytical about it. Yeah. And, and yeah. if I'd have been at the game, I'd have been frothing at the mouth like you would were. Have been, you'd have been yeah. frothing from more than the mouth, every other orifice. Thanks all for all. Usual Saturday for the, night for me then, really. Yeah. Hey, thanks also for doing this podcast twice a week without fail. And then some 50 years and off the post, etc. Can't be said enough. I'll have Uncle Chidge know he's my guy. Hey, you're his guy. Uh, nothing you could say. Send me, take me away from my guy. And I would never run past him in the street just to meet JK. No, absolutely. I agree. But you wouldn't see me because I would have hidden behind a lamppost. However, if it's Uncle Clayton, all bets are off. Oh, oh. He's got a legendary last name and he's the housewife's choice and he's a hero to us all. He is yes. indeed. He is indeed. The beer Good to know. Okay, guys. Ciao, guys. Keep the blue fuck friggin' high. I thought it, I thought you'd put keep the blue friggin' in the rigging. But no, keep the blue fuck friggin' high. P.S. Since Uncle Chidge abandoned the questions for the show... I did not! I have to ask them here. Um, JK, so why did we have so many player managers in the 90s? Um, uh, we had... Viali and we had Hullet and uh, Hoddle and indeed Hoddle absolutely correct why did we have them well because Hoddle obviously insisted he wanted to play um, uh, Hullet was never intended to be a manager and it was probably just a, a sop to him to manage it and to play as well occasionally and then Viali was the same rather than get a manager in and I suppose it was also cheaper wasn't it I think, in fact, they fell out, didn't they? Um, Viali and and uh, Bates over his wanting two separate uh, fees for being the manager and the player. And that was Hullet, he... wasn't it? Yeah, sorry, that was Hullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did well, I not Hullet, say that? Hullet left for money. Uh, the team had fallen out of Viali and Hoddle went to England. Yeah. yeah. I don't know the no, answer to Why he to came this. in, why Hoddle came in. He came in with the attraction of being a player manager. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, that's what he was so. He didn't really play. He didn't play though for very long. He didn't play. No, no. 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 They all seemed to realise very quickly it was going to be difficult to juggle the two jobs. Yeah, and the same same applied to Brian Robson at Middlesbrough because he was briefly player manager too. I I think, in essence, Kenroy, I I can't answer why we had so many player managers in the nineties. I just think it was a quirk of fate. I mean, Hoddle. I think. I think it really started. it, It literally started with Hoddle, but I think. Because it kind of worked with Hoddle, uh, when Hullet, you know, Hullet was the obvious choice, certainly from the supporters, to be the manager, if you remember the 50 Years show. And you you clearly would want Rude Hullet playing. And I think it... You can, it, you can stick George Graham up your arse. You can stick George Graham up your arse. So I just think it was just a quirk of fate that we had the players we had who were capable of being managers. 
it clearly it you don't see it anymore because as Martin was saying, a job's too fucking difficult. Uh, you to, to in the Premier League at this level, you just you, you know, I just don't think you're going to see it again in the Premier League at the top end of the Premier League anymore. Kenroy, always great to to hear from you, my friend, and uh, please have a glass of rum for me, glass of rum for me in the absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, lovely place that I love so much, which is San Lucia. There we go. I and I. Right. Adam Valky. Adam Valchak. Can I just say, if he wants to send in an eight page, we could just devote one hole in off the oh, don't, post. He will. He will. In off the Kenroy, we'll call it. Yeah. Yeah. Or actually, do you know what we should call it? Yeah. Just in off the post. <laughs> Kenroy because, Justin. Because he's Kenroy Justin. Yeah. Martin yeah. laughed. You're just, yeah. you're just sulking because you can't say Maryland. Uh, anyway, hi all. Enjoy listening to your podcast that I have missed. Merlin. <laughs> Enjoy listening to your podcast that I have missed. Shut up. Wolfram was absent. Post Saturday's match, it was incredible the negativity from Jonathan Kidd. Sorry, from a large amount of real, <laughs> real Chelsea Twitterati on top of the surprisingly large amount of booze at the full time. Were there booze at the full time whistle? Seriously. Boys? I think it was a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I heard a few boos at half time, but I think that was more to do with the ref blowing up when we were due to take a corner. Okay. At half time, at yeah, full yeah, time, yeah. was well, just a natural reaction to losing. Well, I don't I think know. it was that bad, okay. but. All right, fair enough. Surely, we're saying at the beginning of the season it was not going to be an overnight job. We dominated the game, and if anyone was to blame, then it was not our poor, then it was not our poor finishing. Oh, was it not? I'm going to read that again. We dominated the game, and if any anyone was to blame, then was it not our poor finishing from clear opportunities? Absolutely correct. In any case, your podcast will be able to delve into the details. I hope that we did it justice, Valky. Perhaps the impatience of our fans might not be that surprising. The new owners are reducing the level of goodwill towards the club brick by brick. This week, their decision to withdraw subsidised travel not used by the majority of fans, but by those who really need it, creates a nagging feeling that they wish to price out us plebs from attending matches. Absolutely right. By all means, they can theoretically do as they wish. The club is not the same one I watched in the 80s, where we felt actually part of a community to save the bridge. Points we've been making, Valky, spot on. The bigger issue is if the owners fail with their experiment, many fans may well give it the up yours sooner than Bowley expects, and a lack of income from more lucrative European competition might also lead to attempts to increase revenue from elsewhere. Matchday tickets ex- immediately spring to mind. that uh, They will be going up next season, I guarantee you. In any case, I do believe there is a plan. Working in the finance industry, it does tend to take over a year for new managers to come to grips with the situation at hand. A fascinating season still lies ahead. Best wishes, Valky. Martin, he's kind of echoing a lot of what we've been saying, really, isn't he? Yeah, indeed he is. So we can't, we, we can't all be wrong because it seems like we've all got the same same concerns. I mean, the issue is, well, what Valky points out, if it does fail and if, you know, they miss out on European competition, if the league finishes are indifferent, if there's no cup run, they may well be looking to get rid of the likes of us us sacking off but they're not going to replace it with anyone well they will 
They will. That's the thing because not the, if we're not if we're shit, they won't. No, the brand is big enough that people will go. I, I, I'm not. I'm not so sure on that. Well, I, I don't. Yeah. They, you know, I, I, think, I think that's what they're they, banking on because they're I think take, they're, well, they're taking our loyalty for granted and hoping that if anyone that does fuck off, it will be replaced. If it's shit, I don't think. I, I don't think the natural replacement is there that they think. Or maybe yeah. maybe that's just. Well, this is the argument. This is the argument we used to make to Buck all the time. Don't don't fuck us off because we are the lifeblood of this club. But there, it's a gamble again, isn't it? I think they would love to get rid of us because we don't spend any money in the stadium. We don't buy merch. We don't buy programs. La 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 la. We're not a tourist who's going to spend two hundred quid in the merch store. And I think that they'd much rather. I mean, this is the argument we used to have with Buck all the time. You'd much rather. You, we we know you don't want us there. You'd much rather have these people because they add they add uh, revenue to the club. Value. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see, won't it, Martin? It could could be Winchester City for me in my retirement, not Stamford Bridge at half price, which is what I'm hanging on for. So there you go. Interesting to see how much the um, uh, the the new area they took away from the uh, the the family part, but it's behind the dugout, which is a thousand quid a time. Whether that sells out, I don't believe it does. It doesn't. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. They've misjudged it. I must try and look down there to see in uh, next time I'm uh, at the home game. Yes, yeah, I look down on you because I'm in gate 17 and you're in the East Middle, but you look yeah, down I, on the dugout down because you're the in the dugout. East Middle. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yes. Although weirdly, it's reversed. But the people in the East Middle uh, and the lower East Middle uh, look down on um, the team because they're just slightly higher than them. They are indeed. They are indeed. It's me, isn't it? It is. Tudji and JK. On Saturday, a friend of mine... Who, who is on... it? Who is it emailing us? No, I'm, I want everyone to guess. Uh, OK. Can they guess? We'll go. Um, uh, here's a clue. There'll be a clue halfway through, all right? All right. Dear Tudji and JK, on Saturday, and, of course, Martin. You see, I can guess Saturday... immediately, because the only person who ever writes in and says, Dear Chidgy, is this person. Yeah, yeah, well, that will be for those who really listen closely to in Off the Post. It was a another, that and you've got the script in front of you. ND writes every week. Every week. Without fail. And, uh, can I give another clue? And he lives near Chidge. He no, does. I've given t- too much away yeah. now. Shush. Anyway, on Saturday, a friend of mine said on Twitter, football was a very love-hate relationship. After watching all the shots take on Chesterfield. Well, yes. You either hate one or the other. Hate this. So there's a great hatred between those two. And that is something I would definitely agree with. An insipid performance against Nottingham Forest undid all the good work from the Luton game, sent us back to square one. Square one, isn't that interesting? We still use that. And that was originally when football was for people listening on the radio. And they had wireless. Yes, on the wireless. And they had a map of where square one would be. And they said, back to square one. And square one was just by the goalkeeper. Um, it's no surprise that I sacked off Match of the Day last night. However, it's still a work in progress. What, Match of the Day? I don't think so. Ho, 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 ho. Um, however, still a work in progress. These results will happen. That doesn't mean we're not allowed to moan when they do, though. Absolutely bloody right. Meanwhile, is the great clue. Who is this? In the FA Cup, Winchester City found themselves facing the overbow treatment after going 2-0 up against Evesham. A nonsense penalty and a ridiculous red card were followed by an Evesham equaliser, only for Archie Wilcox to score in the dying seconds to send City through to the second qualifying round. 
Hopefully we get drawn away to Yeovil or Folkestone in Victor. Hope this I've got this week off, so I'll be going up to the Stamford Bridge, up to the Stamford Bridge, the Stamford Bridge tour sometime this week, along with the Legends game on Saturday. Until next time, up the Chels. George Spencer. Good old George. Yeah, we go. Brian knew. Brian said there's only one George Spencer, and he said it a while ago. So Brian got it right. There we go. Uh, right, next one is from an old friend as well, Daniel Cabral, who says very mysteriously, Chelsea, this is like, I should read this in a Swiss Tony voice, really, shouldn't I? I can't really do a Swiss Tony, but anyway, Chelsea, this season is like sex. It's fun and exciting in the beginning, but ends in disappointment for someone. I saw another one like that, Daniel, on Twitter, that something, something watching Chelsea is like sex. Um, you spend hours fiddling about, but you can't get it in. Speak for yourself, I thought, you know, but there you go. Very witty and droll, Daniel, as always, my friend. Next. Daniel Daniel was, was mooting um, uh, the, the business of um, James Smith Rowe being swapped for uh, Mudrick. Nah. If I remember, remember rightly on Twitter, nah. not Twitter, on um, Facebook. Weren't you, Daniel? I think you were. Yeah. But whatever it was, it was uh, we were involved in a strange conversation, weren't we? Where I was going, nah, and you were nah. going, nah. nah, or perhaps I'll confuse you with somebody else completely different. I can't remember. Anyway, this is from Mason Owen, dear Chidge, J.K. and guests, if any, it is. It's Martin. He's the guest. He is there. There he is. Thank fuck, we have a little break from club football for a bit, eh? My name is Mason, been a listener for easily over a year now. First time writing in, so I apologise if it isn't written the best. Fine so far. I will always, I'll say if it's crap now, now you've set this up. I absolutely love the show. Want to thank you guys on the behalf of all the listeners for creating such amazing content for us to listen to on a weekly basis. All down to Chidge. All down to Chidge. I listen to the show on Spotify, shaking his head. It's become a routine for me to listen to every show before each game. Listening to the show makes me feel like I'm down the pub chatting about my favourite team with a bunch of mates. It never happens in real life, as I'm a 19-year-old student with a part-time job and a girlfriend of almost two years, which translates to no free time and no money. I know exactly what you mean, because I've got a... No, anyway. I work every weekend... So I'm forced to listen to the games through five live and talk sport, sport most weeks. But I always make sure I either listen or watch any Chelsea game that's on. The same applies to the podcast. Thank you, mate. Important bit to note for the story is that I'm Welsh. Oh, dear. And it costs me a fucking <laughs> arm and a leg. <laughs> cost me a fucking arm and a leg. <laughs> it me a fucking arm and a leg to get Chelsea tickets. No, no, I... You know, I've got Welsh friends, really good, fond of them. Keep digging the fucking hole, mate. Yeah, no, they're, they're great. I love them. I love them. Some they're, of my they're best m- friends are Welsh people. They're all minors. They're all under 16. No, 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 no. Am I allowed to say that? No, probably not. There's an edit button. Anyway, anyway. An important bit to note for the story is I'm Welsh. And it cost me a fucking arm and a leg to get Chelsea tickets, especially getting them legitimately through owning a ticket membership, which is apparently meant to make it easier to get a ticket. Anyway, due to that fact, I can realistically only afford to go to two games a year. My first was for my 18th birthday. I was 17 at the time. I went to see Chelsea Man City, 25th September 2021. 
We were recently the champions of Europe. My younger brother supported City. It was a gift for us both in a way. I thought Tommy T could pull off yet another piece of brilliance against the great Pep. And my brother got to see his favourite team play too. 1-0 to City, no matter. I stayed till after the game, having not witnessed a goal. My heart full of hope for the season. Stayed, applauded the players. Funnily enough, Rhys James went off injured. Ah, yes, of course he did in the 29th. Surprised I got to see him play. He only plays three matches a year. <laughs> but three brilliant ones at that. Additionally, 16 to 12, out of 20 players named for the starting 11. Bench of that game aren't at the club this season. Yeah. But it was all worth it as for my 18th got to see our great star signing, Romelu Lukaku, <laughs> playing the <spec. laughs> How lucky, how lucky was, lucky was I? Yes, as lucky as catching scabies anyway after such a big game i just wanted to see my club score and win a game so i carefully chose the next game i went to see picture the scene oh, chelsea versus man. bottom of the league before you read on can you guess who scored it was against the date saturday the 18th of february 2023 dragged my beautiful girlfriend with me we stayed in london the night before the game i woke up woke up excited arrived scarf around my neck in westview the only place to get tickets for me and my girlfriend through the Chelsea site, 120 quid each. Oh, bought her a ticket membership so I could buy the tickets. 45 plus one, JWP. Yes, the very Ward Prowse free kit game ends 1 0 Southampton. Cried in the shower that night. You see, you could, Chelsea could have bought Ward Prowse just to take the corners and free kicks, couldn't they? I know. Madness. You know what? Anyway. Quick, quick interjection. You see, I did wonder that watching the game on Saturday. We had several free kicks. We don't have, we don't have a like a, a proper free yeah. tick cake, free kick take no, anymore. Mason's no, no. gone. Alonso's gone. Alonso's gone. Absolutely. We don't have anybody really to take free kicks or penalties for that matter. I mean, Jorginho. Jorginho was about as useful as a chocolate teapot, but he could fucking score penalties. We don't even have a penalty taker anymore. It's all gotten a hell, hell in a handcart, mate. Hell in a handcart. Yeah. Hell. After that, I was even more picky with what game I went to. Went to see, checking our form, to see how we were. Pre-season sold me a dream. I just wanted to experience celebrating a goal in person, never mind a win. So I chose the most recent Saturday game. I carefully looked at teams months before narrowing down. He should enter prem predictions, shouldn't he? What I could get time off to go. What I could see as my any London teams requiring royalty points. Any top six team I can dream on getting tickets the proper way. My girlfriend had gone to NYC for a 21st. I would have been home bored, but I decided to go and see the mighty Chelsea versus Forest. Oh, no. 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 Whose away record is awful by myself. Oh, my God. No, Mason, Mason, no. Took a three plus hour bus journey up to Victoria oh. from Cardiff. Cardiff, no. Walked to the grounds full of excitement. I don't need to paint the rest of the picture. But it was an agonising trip back. I bought three single whiskey and cokes, put me 30 quid down, which is ludicrous. Then I was robbed by 11 men. See what I did there? Three games, three 1-0 losses. Yes. Very clever, yes. Um, I don't really see, but I'm saying that anyway. A few notes from the game. It was not broadcasted, I believe. Fans were awful. A lot of anger in the crowd. You could see and feel it, especially after the game online. Getting a bit sick of seeing Chilwell play left wing. Yes, we've been debating that. I love Poch. I don't want to see Chile try to be the next bail when we spent so much money on um, Ukraine Bolt. Clever. Ukraine Bolt, very good, because I call him Billy Wiz, but Ukraine Bolt is excellent, and uh, I may even nick that. Uh, even if he's a bit raw, I'd like to see him learn and develop, especially these in these sorts of games. 
The back line seems a bit slow. I'll give you a credit, though, if I nick it. The back line seems a bit slow, a bit heavy on their feet. Dizazi runs like he has bricks for feet. I do think Silver is actually faster than him. Gusto, amazing. Even in the loss, he seemed to shine. Other than his crossing, Mason. Thought he played see. very well, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, he's a good player, but crossing... Defensively solid as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. He's defensively very solid. It's his going forward is the problem. Um, you know, Reese always has that ability just to beat somebody and be a bit mazy and play a really accurate pass through. And he, he, he just hasn't got that, Gusto. He's not that player yet. If, you know, it's a different, he's got a different skill set. The players seem to go to ground a bit too easily, leaving us very vulnerable to a counter constantly. Caicedo seems a bit off it. He has a few glimpses of quality. You can see there's a bit of nerves at play sometimes, I'd say. Very likely. Fans are complaining it's a back five, not at all. If they watch the game, they clearly clearly plays a four. Yes, they do, because you see, keep seeing Colwell playing left back. Uh, the American owners are mistaking the sport they're playing as they're teaching the players to shoot since they're going for a field goal. <laughs> All jokes aside, I do like the owners. They do seem like they care and have good intentions. I feel they're not as stupid everyone makes them out to be, rather the opposite. I don't think they're stupid. I think they're... Frighteningly they're clever. Frighteningly clever, yeah. The, play, the players seem scared of the ball. Most players, if they want the assist or if they're going to be kicking a bowling ball. Well, that's, that's what we've had for the last three years. We've been saying Enzo needs to play in a pivot with Caicedo. Yeah. Well, I think he may do that. They may work that out. When Chelsea were attacking down the wing, Forrest would overload it with their defensive bodies. Nobody could easily switch the play like Enzo could with one pass as the other wing would be wide open. That's what I was saying is that they're playing little triangles all down the side there with, and nothing happens. He's wasted in this uh, this cam position. He doesn't get to play more of these fantastic balls from deep. Obviously, breaks through a defence. Very true. If he plays long passes, he's fantastic for that. Chelsea struggle with a low block again. Yeah. Although my email seems negative, I feel surprisingly positive towards us. The XG is there. The chances are there. I'm particularly impressed with our possession. I have a few more losses. Could turn our possession-based ball into a depression-based ball. I worry the fans may turn on Poch especially after the Burnley game, where we have Arsenal home, Brentford home, Spurs away, City home, Newcastle away, Brighton home, United A away. We could easily be looking at being in the bottom half come Christmas time if we don't pick, fix up in front of goal. I really hope this ownership sticks to its guts and backs potch for the full season, as with our young squad, it's so important they're developed. Not much better than potch for this. Even if we do have a bad season, I'd give him this season and judge him next season more harshly. I'm sick of having players from multiple different systems. We can't afford to go spending like we have every season. We need to make these players work, not to replace them if they don't. We have some gems in our squad. I don't want to see it. I don't want them to go to waste. Anyway, to finish all up, I'm a jinx. I'm going to Chelsea versus Everton, 13th of April 2024, next, to make sure to whack good money on another 1-0 loss for Chelsea. <laughs> Already done. Uh, I'm sorry for the long email. No, it's excellent, Mason. Excellent. I hope you could read it all. I am reading it all through. Thank you again for your amazing show. I love listening to you guys. Hope I gave you lots to discuss, or at least an interesting email. Up the fucking Chelsea. Mason. Terrific email, Mason. And the... The story of woe is was is. Um, I think we've um, you know we agree with most of what you said. Then I think we've discussed I think it. His analysis um, is spot on, mate. Yeah, yeah, really, really spot on. I just feel so sorry for you um, choosing games where we've played like shit. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I've I've not seen us win at the bridge since March. So, yeah, yeah, it's just one of those. It's just it, a really. It, 
a poor, a very poor run of form. It, it is, but but you know, you know, we're lucky. We get to go every other week, so our, our hit rate, you know, percentage-wise, we've got a much better chance. I just, I, I couldn't believe it. it was heartbreaking listening to that, Mason, because you know you have to. You, you know, it's a big ask for you to come from Wales. It's a big ask because it's a lot of money. I mean, mate, if you're having to sit in the West Stand as well, bloody hell. Yeah, there's, another, there's another question here about, you know, him being on a membership and having such a hard time getting tickets, yeah. isn't yeah. there? Yeah, you know. Um, I'm glad you're going to Everton. I mean, Mason, if you come into Everton, for God's sake, get in touch with us nearer the time and we'll, we'll meet up for an hour. I shall buy you a beer because I think you bloody earned one. I'm buying three scotches. I think, and three scotches as well as Chase's, mate. But uh, it'd be lovely to meet you. What a fantastic email. I mean, heart-rending and brilliant analysis. And I agree with absolutely every word you said there. You've got it spot on. I think we need... I mean, it's a good way to finish the show, actually, because I think we do need to remain positive. We really, really do. And I think Potch is the best manager we can get at the moment. I really do. And he does have a reputation for for building sides and, and 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 as i said in the monday night show you know we need a different mindset at the moment we have to realize where we are and what's happening and, I, and, a, and a bit of an adjustment i think is perhaps needed and it sounds like mason gets it but yeah if you do come to everton let us know we'd love to meet you for a beer and i mean you know if, if, if you're struggling with tickets give me a shout you know we know a few people so we might be able to help out i don't say that to everybody but for you mason i am because it was such a tremendous email well boys uh what a Stygian effort we have put in tonight, I have to say. Stygian? Uh, mm. The river sticks. You mean yes. darkness on the road to hell? It was muddy, it was rough, it was treacherous, it was arduous, but we got through it. We got to the other side. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. There wasn't, well, it wasn't really, really, it should be Stygian gloom, shouldn't it? Yeah. Have we out Sharon Sharon? Have we out Sharon Sharon? Yeah. He was the bloke who was on the. Uh, he was the bloke who got you through to the other side. We had a girl's name, mate. Yeah, Sharon. Was he a he? She. You might call him Charon, I suppose. Okay, fair enough. Um, whatever. I've mixed up my metaphors because I kind of do. Right, that, my friendly, lovely people, is all we've got time for this week. Uh, we will be back on Friday. Uh, J.K., myself, and Martin again. And uh, no football to preview. No, 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 no. We will be doing a Q&A for the good folk of Patreon, Discord and Mixler. So uh, make sure you come and join us. We'll hopefully have a few people from Patreon on Discord on with us, actually on Zoom. So it's always quite a giggle, the Q&A show. So uh, join us at the usual time of 7.30pm. Uh, if you like what we do, you can become a Chelsea Fancast patron, which basically means you bung us a bit of money every month. Uh, for nothing i know it's crazy i don't get it myself you do get a, a kerry dixon banner if you want one and you do get to join our discord group which is great fun like a 24 7 mixler uh, and if you want to do that go to patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast uh in off the post which we love doing only happens if you send us in emails so or a patreon message or an instagram post or facebook post or a tweet uh, and we will read them out on the show, but you need to let me have them by the end of the day on Sunday. And the email address is chelseafancast.gmail.com. You can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chiz, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Martin at Martin underscore Wickham. Martin, so lovely of you to stick around for In Off The Post. It, I, we, Jonathan and I love doing the In Off The Post show. Largely because I don't have to write any fucking notes or anything. 
You know, we get yeah, everybody you, else to do the work. It's you, great. You listen, you listen and react. It's oh, division of labour, isn't it? It's lovely. No, they're great fun. It makes us giggle. But it's, you've made us giggle tonight as well, as well as your brilliant insight, as always. Lovely to see you. And I look forward to seeing you again on Friday. Goodness yep, me. Yeah, look forward to it. See you then. Absolutely. Look forward to it. JK, bloody marvellous, well, mate. Well Maryland. done. Maryland. Maryland. Up your Maryland, mate. Stick it up your Maryland, mate. Stick it right up your Right mate. up your Jacksy, mate. Yeah, JK, okay. great to see you as always. Uh, as absolute, always absolute pleasure. I'll see, see thee Friday. See thee Friday. I'll be here. Tom. Right. Well done, you. Well done, team. Lovely. Well done. Well done, Mixler people. We love you too, as you well know. Thank you for listening. See you Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. Up the It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.